Logan and thanks for listening today. This is Stepping Into Freedom, the podcast about standing fast in the liberty wherewith we have been made free from out of 5840 of the Book of Mormon. So, because of this dumb virus going around, we've been having some scheduling issues with co-hosts and everything. Um, thankfully, we were able to do the recording um, with Jess and uh, with Rebecca for this one because we do have Rebecca Plort on this episode, and she had some awesome stuff. Um, to relate about her journey with her daughter, Rosie, and dealing with the hard thing of having a, uh, an, an allergy to milk products, um, which she talks about actually during a certain part. It's kind of difficult because they have Italian in their family. Italians use lots of cheese, so it's like, how do we do this? <laughs> um, so it, it was kind of cool to hear her story and how... Over time, you know, she was able to learn with, you know, very, like, learn from, like, innocent mistakes they made, or, oh, whoops, oh, wait, wait a minute, where was, how is there milk products in this or that or the other thing that you wouldn't expect, and as they learned over time, there's a lot of good parallels that she talks about with um, figuring things out by listening to the spirit, by doing their own research, um, you know, the whole study it out in your mind, and then ask in your mind if it'd be right, that kind of pattern, and so... There's a lot of good things in here about how they have they were learning to live a normal life, what, what normal could be for them, uh, with this this health problem that just you know as intense as she talks about as it was um, and still is today, just really good ways that she learned to cope, that her daughter learned to cope, and make sure that you know things were safe for them. Um, one, one talk that comes to my mind about it is the, uh, I forget which talk it was, by that sister conference a few you know, a few years back about casual versus careful discipleship. And there's a lot of good stuff in there that parallels that with how careful they have to, to be with uh, managing the allergy, um, you know, listening to the spirit. Oh, wait, you know, this this product, you have to be careful about this. And this one has, doesn't say it has milk products in it, but it does because um, of cross-contamination even on, like, factory lines and stuff like that way back in the production process so you know she, she mentions in a bit of here that uh her her daughter rebecca's daughter is kind of like a the what do you call it she doesn't use this word but the, the term that comes to my mind is a human litmus test <laughs> um you know she's like uh that's what it was lie detector is the word she used like a human lie detector for does this have uh, milk products or not so um yeah get Please do listen carefully to this. There's some really good spiritual and temporal insight she gives on how she coped with this, and you know which can easily easily carry over into a lot of other aspects and difficulties other people have that they think maybe are just unique to them or they feel alone in those. Um, lots of good parallels to that. So, without further delay, here's Rebecca Plord. All right. So today we have Rebecca Plord on with us. Rebecca is a teacher in Texas. Um, funny enough, she served in the same mission as me back when it was the Toronto West Mission. Um, has an episode on season one, which if you guys are curious, please go back and check that one out too. It is just full of awesome sauce. Um, and it's kind of fun that we have two teachers here with us today, <laughs> including Jess. <laughs> And uh, so, Rebecca, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, uh, for those who have not heard the episode of season one, that'd be awesome. Yes. So, uh, I was raised in Atlanta, Georgia. I've lived in seven different states. 
it's uh, Rosie is nine. She just turned nine a couple weeks ago. And Donovan is five. Um, I met my husband on, on my mission. He was in my last area, and I was actually a missionary. We've been married 11 years uh, next month on the 17th. And uh, I am a high school English teacher in Houston, Texas. Awesome. Um, you know, I this just came to my head. I hope, I'm hoping it's the spirit speaking, but one thing that comes to mind is um, when you, you know, we're talking about teaching uh, with the theme of, the, of I can do hard things. I feel like, like with present world circumstances, the way we know they all are right now, <laughs> stay inside. Um, it it kind of feels like this is one of the Savior's ways. I mean, I'm interested to know what you think about this too, um, Jess, is like, I feel like this is one of the Savior's ways of trying to say, let me teach you something here about what it really means to be human, what it means to be kind to each other, um, especially when things are hard for absolutely everyone, pretty much all over the world, in a way that they haven't been before. So... Well, I was just talking to one of my neighbors before you came over, and she has been having her kids at home. And, you know, we were just talking about how they, you know, everybody's kind of a little bit more relaxed. Just, <laughs> at least, you know, most of the time. Unless you talk about what's on the news. <laughs> no, but like, you know, like well, I've see, had I, some. Like, my, my kids are the opposite, man. They're like stressed out. Well, like one thing I've been doing with my kids is like, I have this strategy down with them. So every morning when I feed them breakfast, like right afterwards, we'll read a good book together. And so this week we've been reading um, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and just kind of like reading a few pages and then talking about like nothing intense, like nothing intense, but just like, just like a little bit. I teach high school for a reason. Like, I'm tolerating my kids when they become high school age. And then I got them. I got them once they become high school age. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're the, the, the Dallin H. Oaks type of mom. Do it or else. Yeah. No, that's okay. That, that's okay. Like, wherever you're at, like, that's what your kids need from you. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Well, I've just noticed that I've had a lot more time to have, like, in-depth conversations with my kids that I usually don't get to have with them. Because usually by the time they get home from school, they're tired, I'm tired, everybody's tired, and, you know. But, like, because we've been able to have time during the day just to talk about stuff I'll have a lot of one-on-ones with them and it's been it's been really cool just to like see where they're at mentally like where you know like what they're thinking about and you know to kind of you know take a little bit of time to work on their mindset and work on their attitude and figure out if they're believing you know, because I have a preteen, like she's 12, she's almost 13. And, you know, to talk about, you know, all the ways that Satan's trying to mess with her and all the ways, all the lies that he's telling her, 
at such a young age that, you know, because that's just a difficult age for any person. It was a difficult age for me. And, you know, it's nice to just be able to see, okay, can we correct some of those false beliefs so that you have yeah, Colette different and emotions? Talking, Colette and I were actually talking about that this morning, too, with like correcting like faulty belief systems and things like that and where our perspective is versus where it should be. So, um, Awesome. This is this is a great way to start. Honestly, I love this. Um, but so, for Rebecca, what I wanted to uh, kind of introduce in the subject matter for today, um, you said your your freedom too has been kind of just to have a freedom to have a normal life, considering the story you have to share with our listeners today. You want to go ahead and get started with that? Yeah. So uh, nine years ago, probably pretty close to the. Oh no, not too close to the day. Uh, about nine years ago, though, uh, after my daughter was born, she was diagnosed with a severe dairy allergy. No. Uh, yeah, and so she was about five months old when she was diagnosed, and uh, I'm Italian, and Italian eat a lot of cheese, and um, and my world changed drastically. Uh, and we have had to uh, learn how to to cope with that so that she can have a normal life and and vice versa it influences uh, me and my husband and my son as well and so uh, in hopes to to continue to have a normal life uh, where you don't die every day (laughs) (laughs) let's not die today yeah I mean Wow. It's that bad, so. Oh my goodness. It sounds like Lorraine Bananas. Right? Like it was like, you, you, you bring, honestly, we were on the bus once. I remember in Hamilton, we were on the bus and this kid brings on this, this, you know, blow one of those little regular latex balloons. And with the latex, like when you blow up those balloons, the, the, the powder, the latex powder, it gets in the air everywhere. Like I had to tell the bishop and the state president, um, in the Hamilton stake there, I said, please remind everyone for birthdays, for celebrations, that they, are, they cannot bring latex balloons. It has to be the foil ones because the latex is in the air in the buildings for like the next seven days. It just takes that long to get out of the air. Wow. And Lorraine can't, like we had a birthday party there. Nobody told us. Lorraine goes to church and she's just like, oh, I can't breathe. Oh, I can't breathe. Like, what's going on here? And we find out there's a birthday party there. Three days earlier, we're like, what? And so then when you find one of the leftover balloons, that's how we found out that it was a birthday party. Like, where did this balloon come from? It shouldn't be even in this building. And so someone, oh, there's a birthday party three days ago here. And we're like, you can't ever do that. Or you're making it so Lorraine can't come to church. You can't even come in this building if there's any latex balloons anywhere in the facility for the, the next week. You can't do that. So it was really intense. Like, bananas have 50% latex in the skin. Yeah. So, yeah, it was pretty bad. That's yeah, it's really pretty, intense. It's we're, pretty scary. So, like, uh, at Rosie's first birthday party, like, I freaked out as mom. Like, people usually, like, make a big birthday cake and invite a bunch of people over to celebrate. And I was like, Rosie can't even have cake. Like, there's milk and cake. What are we supposed to do? And so I, like, freaked out as mom. I was like, my, my daughter can't have a normal life. She can't, she can't eat cake on her birthday. So, like, I ended up, you know, making, I didn't make it. I bought an angel food cake and then I tried to make frosting. And the frosting was really gross. 
uh, and like gave it to her for a smash cake, and it was it was really pointless. But uh, I thought, okay, well I tried, right? I tried to give her her first birthday party with a cake, and I didn't invite anybody over because I didn't want anybody to see my cake fail. Oh, <laughs> it was super sad. But it was, and, and the good thing is that when she's one, like she doesn't remember. She doesn't know what's going on, and so it was a, a great learning opportunity for me to say, okay, well, we're trying to get to that stage of normal, but we're definitely not there yet. Yeah, it takes a lot of practice, probably, to... Yeah, well, yeah, as she got older and began to eat solid food, more solid food, like, I would cook, and I did this thing where I would cook a dish for James and I, and I would cook a dish for her. And uh, it came to a point where I was like, I, I mixed the spoons once. Like, I, I, I used the same spoon oh. for her sauce that I used for our... Oh, no. That... And, and then she ate it and got sick. She started breaking out in hives. Um, and so we turned our house into a dairy-free house. Like, absolutely no dairy whatsoever. Even though James and I could eat it, and my mom, because she was living with us at the time, even though we could eat it, I had made that mistake too many times. Like, other times I had caught it and then didn't give her the food. Like, I had made that mistake enough times that it was no longer safe for us to have dairy in the house until we became familiar with what was going on. Wow, that is crazy. So, Jess, you were going to say something about... uh... Well, I, I have a friend who has a really bad gluten allergy, and the first time I tried to help her cook, I totally screwed it up. She's like, no, you can't let anything touch anything else. And I was like, I'm so sorry. It's like, you know, trying to be friends with somebody that has an allergy, you know, and you're trying to be a good friend and without killing them. <laughs> and and yeah, hers, yeah. Her, like, hers wasn't that bad. Like, she wouldn't die, but she would, her heart would start racing and she would be sick for a week. <laughs> and yeah. so I, I learned to just not have gluten around anytime I was cooking anything for her, just not have it at all, like, anywhere yeah. near giving people like letting Rosie be babysat by people was terrifying and I'd have to give them the whole speech I'd say don't give her anything else except for what we brought for her um, because if you only give her this like you know she'll be fine so don't give her anything else um, like because there's there's things that you don't even expect to have milk in it they shouldn't have milk in it so like one time she was still really young maybe a year and a half years old maybe and I was making this like fried rice from a Better Homes and Garden recipe, and it, I doubled the batch to make extra, and it had rice, and chickpeas, and pineapple, cilantro, and maybe soy sauce. So anyway, I like put all of those things in the pan. I made a double batch. My husband is one of the people who thinks cilantro tastes like soap. <laughs> right? So I used like a, a quarter of a teaspoon of cilantro in a double batch of this fried rice. And the cilantro that I got, because I don't use cilantro very often, was the refrigerated ones that, like, that you find in the little tubes. Oh, the tubes, the, yeah. Yeah, the two ones that are in the refrigerated section. So that's what I used um, and made it really good, gave it to Rosie. As soon as she took a bite, she started breaking out. Um, so we took the food away, and I'm like, there was nothing, like absolutely nothing that had dairy in it. I checked all the ingredients. Well, the only thing I didn't check the ingredients for was the cilantro, because why would cilantro have milk in it? That makes no sense at all, right? Well, evidently, the preservative in the cilantro and 
less than it asked for to double batch and she immediately reacted. So we knew, we knew at that point, like she had been tested, blood tested and skin tested, or I think that was prior to being uh, skin tested for allergies, but we knew that she tested positive for a dairy allergy. We didn't realize how sensitive it was until then. And another time we had given her Progresso soup, um, twice, two different times. And on the ingredients, it didn't say milk at all, but she immediately broke out. So um, the chances are that it was processed on the same line and she's like a lie detector test. Like, wow. she recognize, her body instantly recognizes. So think about a soup that has no dairy in it, but is processed on the same line as something else that had dairy in it that wasn't cleaned pro- properly. The, tiny, uh, the tiniest bit of dairy that would have made it into that can is crazy. And she was able to tell us. And the, the beautiful thing, the, the saver really bless us in this capacity because before she could speak and articulate what was going on, hey, I don't feel good, hey, something's wrong, she couldn't say those things. And so the telltale sign is she would break out in hives around her mouth. We knew as soon as she started breaking out in hives around her mouth that something was wrong. It was very visible, it was in a very obvious place, and it was just a, a huge blessing from the Lord that we were able to, to see that and recognize that and know that something was wrong as opposed to there's other like you could have an upset stomach you can have uh coughing not necessarily uh a hard time breathing but coughing you can have sometimes kids describe it as an itchy tongue so so like sometimes there's these symptoms for allergies that are not obvious but before she was able to articulate anything to us her her symptoms were 100 percent obvious so that we could stop and get her away from whatever it was that was causing her reaction so wow. we're super so kind a, of immersing disguise there yeah wow yeah. that's kind of like what i was posting yesterday i don't know if you saw that on facebook i was um thinking about just how susceptible to the coronavirus the elderly and the immunocompromised are and I just, it crossed my mind yesterday, I know, I know you saw this, mm-hmm. where I was like, had Lorraine been alive today? Oh yeah, I did see that. Oh my yeah. gosh, like, if the kidney stone delay wouldn't have taken her out, that totally would have. And one of her yeah. greatest fears was, um, like, physically speaking, was like, she, she could, she had learned to deal with, you know, stomach aches and nerve pain, and even though it wasn't pleasant, it was always a hard thing for her. Um, she could deal with headaches. She could deal with, you know, joint problems, like all sorts of different pains. She had learned to kind of cope with and, and having coping mechanisms. But breathing, having a hard time breathing, like that—that that was it. Like the one time I remember, she, um, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I, oh, my, my pain is causing breathing problems. I can deal with the pain, but when it causes breathing problems, she just panics and she's like, "I don't know if I can get to the hospital." I'm like, and I, I had to tell her, "Look, hon, if either I call an ambulance." And you find a way to get into the stretcher or we bust it there. Either way, you have to move. Or you, if you think you're going to die, then it's one or the other or whatever, right? So, okay, okay, well, we'll go to the bus. Go. So we went to the bus, we went there. And, and uh, I, I never saw her panic about anything physical as much as I did with breathing. And so, like, it's kind of a mercy in disguise almost. I'm like, is it? Dare I say, you know, like I, the phrase I used was a blessing in disguise that um, she's not in her body now. So 
you know, she's not 100% not at risk for getting the infection. Yeah. So. Yeah, so it wasn't until last year, at the end of September, that we ever had to use uh, her EpiPen. Oh. So she was diagnosed with postmental, and there were times that we could have used the EpiPen, but we weren't 100% sure. There were very scary situations that we experienced, and rushed her to the hospital and let them take care of it. But um, it wasn't until... Uh, just this last year at the end of September that we ever had to use epinephrine for the first time. So that was pretty miraculous in and of itself to go eight years, a little over eight years without ever having to use that life-saving drug. Now she's carried it with her. Ever since she was diagnosed, we've carried epi with her. But to never have had to use it until then was pretty... Oh, that's amazing. Wow. So if I'm not mistaken, I, I, I've I, never had anybody like super close to me who's had to deal with EpiPens and stuff like that. Um, didn't like the price like go way, way up on that a few years back? Yeah, it did. It was, I feel like it was just recently. It was a year or two ago. And then while they were dealing with that, then like the company wasn't allowed to produce Epi or whatever and it was on back order and people couldn't get EpiPens for up to a year. And this is like a life-saving drug and yeah. people couldn't get it. Now, even now, like we changed insurance companies because I changed schools um, and her EpiPen is going to cost us $179 or something each time we order it. Wow. Um, which is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Um, and it's something that she has to have because it's life-saving and it's going to cost us a lot of money. So has it has there been a lot of changes that you had to do since she got to be school age, like since she started going to school? Yeah, so school was really another like huge scary thing um, as far as the mom goes. Like she's now exposed to all of these people in a school, and not everybody knows about her dairy allergy and how are they going to keep her safe and and what have you. So in preschool, I don't remember, I guess we, we packed her lunch for her. And preschool, it wasn't ever really big of a, that big of a problem because she wasn't there for very long. But then kindergarten came, we were living in Washington at the time. And they had a Montessori school that was uh, like a charter school. So yeah. it was part of the public education. So we were able to put Rosie in that. And, um, so they have, there are IEPs and there are 504s. So IEPs tend to go with people who, um, whose disabilities impair their learning and they need changes to the teaching class. But 504s are things that you, that are put in place to keep, uh, some people have 504s for dyslexia as well, but they're also used for people who have medical concerns that aren't necessarily an issue as far as their learning goes, but a, a ways to keep them safe. So when she entered kindergarten, I put her in a 504 because she was in a small school. And so I was able to talk to the principal and her teacher um, and the assistant and felt confident in what was going on. Um, she didn't eat lunch at school. We packed her lunch. And because I didn't 
trust the cafeteria. Uh, I think maybe she did eat lunch. Actually, we ended up packing for lunch like the first at the beginning of school. Um, but then because we were in Laramie, Wyoming, it's a small town, and we were able to go to like I went to Food Prep Central or whatever um, for the district and spent a couple hours with the main lunch lady. Um, because what they do is they cook the food at central location and then they uh, bus it out or truck it out oh. to the schools. Um, and so we went through all of the ingredients, spent a couple hours saying, okay, this is safe, this is safe, this is safe, this is safe, this is safe. So as they went through the menu, then we would go, we would go through the menu. We went through the menu for like two months at a time and said, okay, that she can have this. We don't have to make any changes. Otherwise like this, you can prepare this alternate meal for her for these days. So it was a little um, easier and less intimidating to do it um, in a small town. So she was able to eat lunch with her friends. Birthday parties and stuff were scary, and we would always provide extra snacks. So we gave the teacher treats. So if you wanted to give your kids treats, here, give Rosie this treat and not whatever Aww. you were going to give them. Um, if you have idea. a lesson you want to do that involves food, yeah, if you have a lesson that you want to do that involves food, let me know ahead of time and I can check ingredients. Like I had the teacher's phone numbers so they could text me pictures and um, I'd say, okay, this is safe or let me buy the alternative and I'll send it in with her. Um, and it went really, really well um, until the end of the school year. And um, there was a mom who had a birthday party. And the thing with, the thing with dairy allergies is, uh, and it really, as a mom who has a daughter who can die from eating dairy, it's really disheartening and frustrating and annoying, and it, it literally pisses me off on a regular basis, <laughs> is people who say that they are allergic to dairy when they are lactose intolerant. Um, because <laughs> allergic to dairy means you're going to die. Lactose intolerant means you'll get sick and you'll be uncomfortable. But life and death are, are two very separate things. And so this mom said her son was allergic to dairy, and so she understood and said, so what ice cream can Rosie have? We'll get the ice cream. It's not a big deal. And I said, you can get her the soy ice cream. You can get her the almond-based ice cream. You can get her the coconut ice cream. And she's like, okay, okay. And so I said, you know, you can send me a picture. Let me know. Well, the birthday came up, and I had forgotten about it. Nobody mentioned it to me. We had told the teachers how to read the ice cream. Rosie knew how to read it a little bit. We didn't a whole lot at that point in time. Uh, um, like we would sometimes take things and hand it to her. But anyway, um, and I remember getting in a huge argument with the bus depot about how they need to train their bus drivers about how to use Epi and Rosie's dairy allergies. So anyway, we were all at home. My husband and Donovan and I were at home and Rosie came home 25 minutes early from the bus and she was crying and she was coughing and she came to the back door. Like we weren't down at the bus stop because she wasn't supposed to be home for another 20, 25 minutes. Um, and coughing and coughing, coughing, her whole face was red. It was scary, but we had no idea what was going on. So she said, I don't feel good. I said, you going to throw up. Like what's going on? Went to the bathroom. She's still coughing. Her face is red. Uh, she said, I don't know if I'm going to throw up. I said, what happened? She said, well, I had ice cream for, uh, her classmate's birthday party. And so I had remember talking to the mom and said that she had known, but the teacher, I guess, didn't check the ingredients. Um, so, so we, so Rosie said she wants to go to urgent care. So I went and got Benadryl. I gave her Benadryl. Um, 
And I said, you want to go to urgent care? Or you want to go to the hospital? And she said, urgent care. So I want you to think about this. I said, if you're having an allergic reaction and you go to urgent care, they're probably going to send you to the hospital. Now, they're both about the same distance away. They're like not even five minutes away because we live in Laramie and it's a small town. And so we um, drove, she agreed to go to the hospital. We drove her to the hospital. She was under observation for at least four hours. They didn't have to give her epi, but they gave her steroids. They gave her um, whatever. So, And then she went back to school that night to perform in the school musical. But, like, are we let our guard down. I shouldn't have accepted the mother providing the food and should have just provided the ice cream for Rosie. The teacher didn't check. She let her guard down because all school year we had never had an incident Rosie let her guard down because all school year we hadn't had an incident. And in turn, we ended up having a very serious reaction. Um, but the spirit must have prompted the bus driver because the next day I went to the bus stop to drop Rosie off and, like, gave the bus driver a hug. He's like, we're not allowed to hug. And I was like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> you essentially saved my daughter's life. Like, uh, you dropped her off 25. Like, she's, he dropped off, like, one kid and then noticed something was wrong with Rosie. He didn't clue into the fact that it could be her allergy, despite like having taught him a little bit because they were they were fighting about how how I could teach him. Um, but he skipped all the other stops and took Rosie off next. And so there were like twenty six kids on the bus, and he skipped all of them to drop Rosie off next. Um, and so we were able to get her help faster. If he had if he had not done that, I don't know what condition we would have found Rosie in by the time he dropped her off. Wow. Well, there's obviously some huge mercies in disguise you've seen. And I, I, well, I, one of the things I really wanted to, to ask you for the sake of our listeners today, um, through this, like, incredibly, obviously, like, this is huge, hard thing. Like, you, like almost like there's a spiritual parallel to it and that I see in that, like, I think of Harry Potter. I was just, just mentioning this to Colette before we came over for this interview today. The part in Harry Potter where Snape's like, the Dark Lord isn't resting, you know, so we can't relax either. Um, and that applies to you, obviously, in this situation with uh, with Rosie. Um, so in doing this hard thing you've had to manage to do, um, how have you, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning, with the whole freedom to live a normal life, how has Christ enabled you to do that through this? Well, I think just the constant reminders, right? Like, um, sometimes I'll be tired and I'll go to read, uh, the ingredients, which is exhausting. It's exhausting. Like, have you guys looked at ingredients on boxes? Mm -hmm. It's never just like three things. <laughs> it's always like 20 different things. And even though by law, it's supposed to be clearly stated way casein, lactose, milk, it's supposed to be clearly stated that any of those things are milk. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Um, and so we have to check on a regular basis. And so sometimes it's exhausting. And we've looked at everything we pick up in the store. And and something says in, in the house, as I'm getting ready to prepare it, you need to read the ingredients again. And so I'll read the ingredients again. And sure enough, there's something that says there's milk in it. Or we'll be um, out and about at, the, at a restaurant or something, which we rarely do anyway. But we'll be out at a restaurant and something will say, a spirit will say, you need to make sure that you check this or, you know what, don't even, don't even try that. You know what I mean? Like even though, even though 
the waiter and the manager will say, no, no, it's 100% safe. The spirit will just say, you know what, don't do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's just this, these huge things that allow us to, to live a normal life. The time, so the time that she had to use Epi, um, just this past September, I bought pre-made meals uh, at a grocery store, and um, it didn't have dairy listed on it. It didn't even have it pro- like the the stamp that says process in the same facility, which by law they don't have to put process in the same facility. But it didn't have dairy on it, and so I bought it and some sushi and. The first thing she ate was the chicken from that pre-made meal, and she came running downstairs, and her lips were swollen, and um, she said, I don't feel good, so we immediately gave her epi and drove her to the hospital. We got to the hospital, and you know she was under observation for four hours. She ended up having a second reaction at the hospital where she just threw everything up, and Whoa. she hadn't even eaten, so um, the body was really trying to get rid of this allergy right well after that rosie began to have anxiety like major major anxiety um, and was scared of of everything um and so i think like if if we had had something like this where she had had to have epi sooner you know what would how would our life have changed because she's nine and she's older she's been baptized and has the spirit with her at all times right like because she was at this age when we had to do that, how how has that shaped her? Right, like what what would what situations would we have been in before? How bad were would her anxiety have been? Would she have been terrified to to even leave the house? Right, like what situations would he have been in if if it hadn't been if she hadn't been protected for so long? Right, it wasn't until she was eight and a half years old that this happened and um and then so she yes she had major anxiety about it and even now it's it's heart it's heartbreaking for me because she doesn't trust me anymore right like i had bought this food for her she ate it it gave her a reaction it for sure had milk in it it wasn't my fault because the company did not state that there was milk in it even though there was um and so it wasn't my fault, but she doesn't trust me anymore, which is very heartbreaking as a mom. Wow. So every time I go to give her new food, she says, can I check the ingredients? Yes, please do. I mean, that's a great thing. As a parent, I'm proud of her, and it's heartbreaking, and I'm very proud of her at the same time. Wow. Uh, but how would things have changed if she hadn't been so protected from here on out, right? And maybe that was the Lord's way of saying, okay, the responsibility doesn't need to be on you anymore, mom and dad. The responsibility now needs to be on Rosie. And so uh, maybe that was a great lesson to shift that responsibility to her because now she's, you know, she's more in control of her life now. And I'm assuming she's gotten better at following the spirit with that stuff too, the way you were trying to as well. I mean, I hope so. Again, it just happened in September, but she's always, she asked like, uh, we went to a ward activity, and uh, a lot of the people in the ward know about Rosie's allergy, and so they'll bring food, and um, and they'll tell us, hey, Rosie can have this. These are the ingredients. They told me, like, some people will send me pictures, and some people will tell me, and, and I'll be like, Rosie, it's safe. And then one time, that, that time, she was like, well, 
can I go ask him what the ingredients are? And I said, yeah, absolutely. So she went up to the brother in the church and said, hey, you know, what are the cookies made of? And so he told her the ingredients. So she didn't, she didn't trust that, uh, she didn't trust me, right? But she wanted to hear for herself from him, from the horse's mouth, essentially. Okay, you made these. How did you make these? Oh, here, let me show you the picture that, you know, this sister texted me, Rosie, so you know that this is safe. Um, and so she, I, I'm assuming that the Lord is teaching her, you know, like you need to check these things um, with the experiences that she's had. And it's like, I, wow. I think that's essentially what's you going know, on wonderful timing. Yeah, you know what I see yeah. behind this too on the spiritual front um, and maybe for, for whatever this is worth for our listeners today there's a huge spiritual parallel I see in this because with the number of times she's just checking okay, is this safe? Is this really safe? Are we absolutely sure? Going right to the horse's mouth it's like there's a, there's a huge type in that for us I think in that when we're, when we're looking at what the Satan, what Satan is trying to throw at us from day to day, um, you know, what are we taught over and over and over in the scriptures? What does the prophet say? In the middle of a war, what does Moroni do? He sends spies out, he uses his own resources, like you guys did with, with Rosie's allergy, right? You, you know, doing your research, trying to figure everything out, what are the ingredients and everything. But then he does one step further. He goes, okay, send the spies out and then ask the prophet, where is the Lamanite army going to go? And he's like just constantly che- checking every last resource he can to you know, cover all of his bases, make absolutely sure he's completely in line with the Lord's will and protecting his people from, from you know, influences of the adversary, from those the adversary has control over. And I mean, there's a reason, and I, I, maybe I'm beating a dead horse by going back to this, but there's a reason why that one day you noticed Jess that text I sent to you saying, I was like all upset. Oh, I didn't get my scriptures in today, right? Yeah. That is my version of checking every last little detail of my personal and spiritual safety with Heavenly Father. Um, when you know the scriptures well enough, and I, I mean, Colette and I were talking about this um, as well a, a, you know, a bit ago, like you have to make sure that you are so familiar with the scriptures, um, and in your case with the temporal things with this allergy, you've got to make sure you're so in touch with the right sources on how to protect yourself physically and spiritually um, that you can live a normal life without having to worry because you're, you know what's wrong, you know what to watch out for. Um, and the, 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 eventually the anxiety, kind of what you mentioned there, I, th- I feel like can go away because, you, you, because you're constantly in check with your Savior, with the Scriptures, with prophets, and you know all the details of what is safe and what's not. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts well, are. Well, and, and I, I think... I think- I think, yes, you're on the right track. And if we're going to continue this uh, parallelism, like, even though, like, we buy uh, a certain bread and it's been safe, right? Yeah. We have to check the ingredients every single time because uh, manufacturers don't send out a memo to the entire world and say, hey, we changed our ingredients, right? (laughs) And we've seen it happen where... We have bought a bread in Laramie. There were only a few stores that we could go to to actually get bread that were dairy free, as opposed to in a big city like Houston. Um, you know, there's lots of stores that we can go to, but in in Laramie, there was only like one or two stores that we could go to. And then all of a sudden, it turned into well, it was like two stores, and then it changed to one store because the manufacturer changed the packaging and said it's processed in the same facility. So maybe they changed the plant or whatever. And so wow. we still have to check 
the ingredients every single every time, single even time. if it's a product that we've used for seven years, right? And so even though you become so familiar with the scriptures and you know without a shadow of a doubt, that doesn't mean that it's time that you that you can just stop reading it because uh, you right? become so familiar with it. It's something that you always have to go back to and refer to because revelation, personal revelation can change. Um, and you can receive that personal revelation through that scripture study, right? And so mm-hmm. wow. like checking, we have to check the ingredients every time because things can change. Yeah, uh, that yeah. can alter your life. Wow. Yeah, Good ways constantly, ways. constantly check with the prophet, check with the scriptures, go back for the answers over and over again because circumstances change, the world changes, and it's going to keep changing. What? So... The world changes? Are we quarantined <laughs> for something? Yeah, there's something else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, Paul. You might be far fetched there. <laughs> ha ha. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Oh, right. Wait, what? On really? Point. When did this become a reality? Um, since Adam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, man. You know, I had another thought, you know, as we're thinking about how how the Lord comforts you, you know, and, and how, you know, I'm guessing it gives you, you know, at least some sense of safety knowing that he's got your back, knowing that he is looking out for your daughter and, you know, and that he cares not only about our physical well-being, but he also cares about our emotions. He cares, he cares about our heart and, you know, her emotional development. And that is so cool to me that he cares about all of those details. Yeah, you know, when we, when we had to use Epi, uh, it was terrifying. It was terrifying because one of the another symptom of anaphylaxis so anaphylaxis is two body systems affected at one time so it could be respiratory it could be skin it could be stomach it could be uh anxiety they call it an impending sense of doom because cardio or something else yeah yeah and so uh while we're in the hospital um rosie says to me i don't want to die and as a mother that is that's crushing it's terrifying and i was buoyed up by the lord to be able to stay um strong for rosie like everything in my body was saying break down but i couldn't break down for rosie because if she's at her lowest and saying i don't want to die like who's going to be there to let her know that no matter what way it goes, she's going to be okay. You know what I mean? And so the Lord was able to um, strengthen me and support me to be that strong person for my daughter when things were super, super scary. From my experience too, I'm sure Jess, you can relate to this as well, is that during those defining moments, it's like those kind of, you know, fight or flight things. It's like you find out what you're really made of. You find out where you are spiritually, emotionally, physically, and it's a learning process. And you, all of a sudden you realize, oh, wait a minute. You, you find out either, okay, I need to do better next time, or you realize, oh, look how strong I actually am when I partner with Christ. And it's like those moments for me where I'm thinking I, I got through it, 
and um, t- times where I, you know, I'm, I'm just watching Lorraine suffer, for example, and there's literally nothing I can do but just be present and just, I guess, kind of be a silent witness, if you will, the way angels do for us, I'm sure, sometimes. And then once you're through it and you, you realize, oh, wait a minute, hey, we, we, we just did that. Oh, maybe we're stronger than we thought we were. And those are those moments where, you, like, if you let the Lord teach you those things, um, show you how to, to navigate things and f- see yourself coming out okay afterwards, maybe not, you know, top-notch, but okay, right? You, you feel like you've learned your lesson. Um, I feel like those are tender mercies in themselves, too, because you realize we can do this hard thing. We just did it. Maybe not with flying colors, but we did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, like in the depths of, in the depths, in the middle of all of that, right? Like, I, I'm going to be straight up honest. My first thought wasn't, hey, Lord, like, I love our relationship and we've been great. You know, like my first thought was, <laughs> how, how am I going to help my daughter get through this, right? And as I look back, I can see, I mean, I know I said silent prayers, right? But as I look back, I can see the Lord wasn't going to abandon me in my time of need um, because he knew I needed that extra strength and he wasn't going to leave me because it wasn't just me that needed that extra strength. My daughter needed that extra strength. And so he's not going to abandon abandon us because he, he's not our first thought. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's not gonna. He's not gonna be like, oh, oh well, you, yeah. You didn't think of that. me. You didn't think of me first, so I won't think of you first. No, 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 no. He's like, I'm gonna give of myself, no matter where you are, just because I want the best for you. Period. That's what he does. Yeah. You know. So good example from there for all of us. Like it reminds me of what's happening in Italy right now. People are, you know, taking this quarantine and being like, well, we're just gonna do what's good for everybody, no matter how, how what situation we're in. And they're sitting there singing in the streets to each other outside their windows. It's like, it's beautiful. I know it made me. It made me sad that I'm not in an apartment complex right now. <laughs> if I stand in my front yard and see nobody's gonna hear me. <laughs> oh man! Well, it has been so good to hear your insights and your your you know your perspective that you've gained. It's just a wonderful tool I think people can use with parallels to many different parts in life when things just like these insane amounts of just. I have to do what now? I have to watch out for what? I have yeah, to be how? I have to really be how careful? Get through by yourself? Yeah, it's like how? Wait, I have to be th- really that careful? And it just sometimes it can seem overwhelming for people. I know, like the number of medications and antibiotics and allergies I had to memorize for ten years up in Canada. Like, oh my gosh! Like, and the numbers of names of their numbers and names of doctors that were safe and weren't safe and wouldn't wouldn't listen. It's like you have to figure out so many little intricate, obnoxious details. Just to preserve someone's life, it's like, and then you, you start doing it, and kind of along the lines of what Lachelle and Jackson Jack said in episode three, you you kind of get used to over time of realizing, you know, over over a few months or years of it, oh, you look back, we, we, we've been doing this, like, it's, it hasn't gotten any easier, but our spiritual and our emotional muscles have strengthened to the point, oh, we are doing this. And retrospect yeah. helps a lot with that. So, um, any closing thoughts you have for our listeners about you know just being able to become free to live, and and uh, you know in Christ through hard things. I mean, I just think that the hardest principle 
to live is the one that most people forget, uh, which is endure to the end. And that's the path that we're on. Like after you've been baptized and received the gift of the Holy Ghost, like it's endure to the end time and it's going to be the hardest uh, principle because it's, I feel like the rest of it happens like quickly. And this one is the one that's like drawn out and it's this huge test. Yeah. Um, and I like, that's one of the things when I teach the youth, cause I'm, um, I'm in young women's as well. And like, that's like, like, don't forget, like, yes, the, the article of faith gives four principles of the gospel, but the fifth one is endured to the end. That's not one that you can forget. It's a true principle of the gospel and it's the hardest one. So don't, forget that one because as we endure to the end we receive the blessings that the lord has promised us and we can be stronger and better and more prepared mm-hmm. to receive eternal life and that's part of my focus a lot too when i look at something and like that's just drawn out for for ages and ages and ages and ages it's like those promised blessings you know one thing that comes to my mind with that is what's the scripture that says you know something like i'm paraphrasing this probably but um you know, the mind hath not, like the heart can't uh, comprehend, or the mind can't conceive of the things which the Lord has prepared for those who love Him. And it, it, it kind of the, the, there's a musical parallel too, since I'm a musician. Um, you have stress and release in music, right, with different chords that kind of have a, an audible stress and release effect that's supposed to be pleasing to the ear. And the same thing happens with, with the promises He makes us. Um, he often uses difficulties, I've found, to create that stress and release effect so that you know, opposition in all things. You you go through the hard stuff that just seems like it's just so heartrending, and then when you see just how much val- how valuable it teaches you the good things are, it's like oh, then it becomes sweeter. You know, it's like he's carving out a, for me at least. It's been like he's been carving out of pieces of my heart, saying, "I'm carving this out so that I can fill it with something more holy and pure." It's like oh, that feels better, right? So, anyways, thank you so much for your input today. It's going to help a lot of people. I'm positive. Thanks for having me back. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, have a great day, Rebecca. Bye. See ya. Bye. So, I think what what really comes out to me the most out of all of that we have, that we got with uh, Rebecca through this interview was... First thing that comes to mind is I love what she said about you know things constantly the, things are changing from moment to moment right I mean this this weekend good heavens with conference um, things are still changing with the way the Lord is, is approaching discipleship um, with what He wants us to do um, good heavens we, we we're getting it another temple in China for crying out loud. Um, Things are always changing, and so with Rosie, part of uh, what really impresses me about Rebecca's approach is that uh, you know there always has to be this vigilance. What's different now? What's going to change tomorrow? What's going to be? You know, it was the, the end of that school year she mentioned, where all school year everything was safe, and then at the very end, because they let their guard down for one second, you know, so Rosie had that huge reaction, and and uh, oh, we, we let her guard down for a little bit too long. That, that's all it takes spiritually sometimes too, right? Is you get to the point where, okay, I think we're going good. We got, we got you know, gospel habits going well now. And then you think, oh, well, so we'll, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. And then, and then something comes up. It's, it surprises you. And you're like, oh, oh, wait a minute. 
I uh, didn't expect that. Well, of course you didn't expect it because God's plan is different from yours. Um, it's always different from ours. And so, uh, I mean, <laughs> the journey that you guys have seen who follow me on Facebook with uh, Colette and I, oh my goodness, we, we've been throwing curveballs left, right, and center, and it's just like, what? Okay, well, that's that's a surprise. I didn't expect this, and it, it happens. And so, you know, the, I think of the parable of the, the ten virgins. If you want to be like the five who had oil, you've got to constantly be uh, just a craven. That's who it was uh, who did that conference talk on careful versus casual. You have to be, I mean, not paranoid, but there's a, diff there's a difference between paranoid and careful. Careful is I'm doing what I'm supposed to every day, but I'm ready for the Holy Ghost to change things up a little bit if, if he needs to, right? Um, so I think you know, flexibility is, is a huge key in that. Um, learning to receive revelation, as President Nelson has now multiple times counseled us to be ready to receive revelation. In fact, which which talk was it this this weekend? Where is it? I forget which speaker it was. It said the Lord expects us to receive revelation, to learn from Him, to seek information, you know, new things about where our lives should be going next from Him. And if we're not getting that, it, it, the way I think of it is life is is going up a down escalator. If you're not constantly fighting to go up faster than the escalator is pushing you down, you're either going to consistently go down or just stay stagnant. There is no standing still, you know. Um, so, just something to remember, especially after conference this weekend. What we've heard, um, you, you have to make sure that everywhere you go, you are doing what it takes to make where you are a holy place. Um, so, with that, take what. You hear from you hear from conference. There will be there is going to be another bonus episode I'm releasing. Watch for that at the same time as this one comes out about uh, some conference commentary. And remember the counsel we've received that indeed will help us stand steadfast in the freedom God gave us, and to be free from negative things, to be free to do more of what Christ wants us to do in the face of fear, in the face of opposition, which everybody knows globally is a big thing right now. So, again, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we, again, check out the bonus episode when that comes out uh, tonight for uh, some conference commentary about what we learned this weekend. Uh, go and leave written reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook. Those are quite helpful in helping others uh, find the what goodness you may have found here. And go and click that follow link on paulpulsifer.podomatic.com if you like what you heard and you want more. Always coming up with new material to brighten your day and give you resources you need, hopefully, that will help you stand steadfastly in that freedom. And uh, as always, if you found something especially useful for you here, please share this with your family and friends. Spread this around as much as you can. And remember to stand steadfast in the freedom God gave us. Till next time, this is Paul Pulsifer.